Hi everyone, today on the podcast, I'm gonna teach you how to use direct mail more effectively. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. Here's a learning objective. I always want you to come away with a podcast really understanding um, like one, at least one main idea and have one tool or what the next step is to install this into your business. You know, we're not just getting education for education's sake. There is some foundational principles we're going to talk about that apply to a lot of things, but let's just jump into it. Are you tired of wasting money on direct mail? Are your response rates starting to go in the wrong direction? They're getting too low. You know, what happens if you spend $3,000 on some direct mail campaign or $5,000 or $10,000 and you don't get any deals at all, no new customers? Like, what is that going to do for your business financially? So I want to empower you with some foundational information and some real examples to where you can kind of figure out uh, what's really happening with your mail, if it's the best thing that you need to be doing, how to improve it and uh, pros and cons. So let's just like, let's get started. You know, take some notes. Um, I'll have you stick around until the end. I've got a way for you to engage and you can get a free tool that we use to break down the pros and cons of, of different types of marketing channels and when you should use one over the other. So I think you're going to get a lot of value from that. If you like this video, just give us a thumbs up, subscribe, um, and the podcast, same thing. Just, um, you know, we come out with them and they're, they're reverse engineered from what our customers are asking about. You know, it's what they're, what, you know, people who are listening are um, interested in. So that's, that's what we're working on. The more you share what you need help with the most, the more I can help you. I don't know everything, but if it's something I know about, then I'll help you. And this is something I have some experience in. So I'm, I've been using direct mail for, you know, many, many years. Um, at one point I was up to maybe ten, twelve thousand $12,000 a month, fairly consistent, uh, con consistently. I'm going to share with my, you know, with you guys, my results, the lessons I learned, let you guys just make your own decisions. I'm going to give you a lot of choices. So what is direct mail? If you're not using direct mail right now, it's a, it's a list. It's a, some kind of message that's, you know, on a, like a physical card. That's like the fulfillment side. So you figure out who you're going to target which is usually a list. You can get it yourself or you can pay somebody or you can stack lists together. You know, this isn't going to be, this, this video is not, you know, which list I'm crushing it with or what stacking method or it's not going to be any of that. It's going to, it's not going to be, oh, that, you know, my lime green postcard is, is crushing, you know, hot pink. That stuff is um, cool. But like, I think of that as really like detailed information. Like uh, I think of it as a tree. Actually, I think of everything as a tree, believe it or not. So I have huge trees in my in my neighborhood, in my house, or out you know in the yard. And so when I see this tree, I'm thinking, okay, that stuff I just talked about, those are like the leaves on the outside of the tree. Those are the details, and they're important, no doubt. But like what I'm always trying to get after is what are the main branches? What is the main trunk? What is like the root cause of things? Because if I understand the foundational principles that make direct mail successful, those are the same foundational principles, most likely, that make other types of marketing successful. That's uh, And that can be applied to a lot of different industries. But if you only understand the really granular things on the outside or the leaves, 
um, then you know your tree could be sick and you don't know how to fix it. And that's what happens in a lot of people's businesses. And really, really successful people, which I know you uh, are and want to be even more successful, they study these foundational principles. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to do pros and cons. I want to. Fo- the reason I like foundational principles so much is because there are things that aren't going to change, or they're less likely to change. Whereas these really, really like detailed information that you hear and you know click on clickbait videos, you know like if you think that the reason your business isn't getting results is because you're not using the right color postcard, or um, you know something really like detailed and nuanced like that, it's probably not true. If you go a little bit deeper. Um, then you'll probably find and discover something else. You just may not be like sensitive to what that is yet. Okay, so maybe this will help flush some of that out. We're gonna go over the pros and cons. So let's talk about the pros of direct mail. You know, I get a lot of different. You know, I speak all over the nation, and in some places are like, my direct mail doesn't work. Direct mail's dead. And then some people are like, you know, oh, it's just, you know, it's it's amazing and it'll last forever. And the strategy that I'm using will last forever. And that's usually not. Either one of those is probably true. There's like a little bit of truth to both of them, right? So we're going to talk foundational principles. Um, but remember this, where you are in your country, um, you know, real estate is very localized. And that means that, you know, different markets just are different and they have different growth patterns and they are at different parts of the real estate cycle. And so, you know, you have to, I mean, it's great when things are cyclical because, you, there's places that are six months, a year, two years ahead of you. And if you know what they're doing, you can forecast into the future what your plans will be. Uh, of course, if everything was the same, I mean, that would be great too. But don't always see it as a bad thing. So what are the pros of direct mail? So you've got, obviously, you know, you can get a list. You can buy it, make it yourself. Messaging, you can make it yourself or you can pay somebody to. But both of those can be very targeted for a specific purpose and for a, sp- a specific audience. Okay, um, by so that's number one. Number two is by using some basic tracking, you can fairly easily calculate, you know, how many people are responding, what your conversion rate is, and what your return on marketing investment is. So that's a that's a real benefit. Uh, number three. Is that even with advances in technology and apps and you know listening devices and all this stuff, Alexa, um, <clears throat> people are still looking at their mail. People still open their mail. You know, so direct mail still works. You know, remember this: if you want to get results that um, that nobody else has, you have to do things that nobody else does. And so, when you see the herd mentality of people all running to do something, uh, you're better off running in the totally like the opposite direction. You know, this is not a channel to like, you know, mass in like just every single herd person and and herd mentality person and, you know, try to give you this prosperity gospel that you can do anything if you just give me enough money. And, you know, I don't don't play like that. Like I'm talking to the people who are contrarian, who want to do things differently and don't want to do what everybody else is doing because you want results that uh, other people don't have. And so... You know, when everybody runs away from, when we start getting high in the market cycle and the prices are getting higher, there's more competition. You know, everybody's leaving their Starbucks job to flip houses. And um, and that's when, you know, people are overpaying for houses, right? And the margins get tight and then direct mail gets really expensive. And so people go, oh, direct mail's dead. It doesn't work. And, you know, 
the smart people still do it, but they do it a little differently or they do a little less of it or they change the way they do it or they invest more time into getting better data, right? Or they pay somebody to do better messaging instead of doing it themselves. But um, direct mail has some pros for sure. So what are some cons? Well, one of the cons is, is that, and we'll go into these in kind of a little bit more depth, is that it's hard to stand out from the crowd in a competitive market. You know, there's only so many things that you can say in a piece of direct mail to really make you stand out. And I talk to a lot of investors all over the country and they talk about how different they are, but they're really not. And really the best way that you could become successful is to get in touch with that. Okay, because they're like, well, we buy, you know, houses cash. It's it's cash. And it's like, well, like, have you seen the studies on that the customer surveys of people who are exposed to those messages? Like 98% of them, the word cash has like no impact or meaning. It has meaning to you, but it doesn't have any meaning to the customer. They've seen that a million times. I can close quickly. You know, we we help our we the, our customers, we can um you know, we can, um, they can leave all their stuff there at the house and, um, you know, we'll just, we'll take that on too. It's more convenient. I mean, dude, everybody does that. Like you, uh, please tell me you have something better than that. And what, what ends up really happening is, is like, they don't. And so it's like, okay, we got to like go a little further back. Like we're out in the leaves of the tree. We have to go back to like the actual foundation and the main trunk and figure out what we can do to truly differentiate what type of innovation can we use? And usually that comes through creativity, my favorite word. Okay, so um, so it can be hard to stand out in a crowded market. You know, everybody, I love these folks who are like, yeah, well, you know, I'm sending it to this list and it's like, it's a really good list. And it's like, well, I mean, if, if you got the list, somebody else can probably get the list too. And, you know, what's their marketing budget, right? And there's always going to be somebody who has a bigger marketing budget than you. So if it's just a total volume play, then um, you know you have to kind of think about the lifetime of that strategy, because every strategy has a has a different has a, has a lifeline, right? Has a amount of time that it'll work. And in a crowded market, customers they're going to be getting similar messages from other providers weekly. I mean, sometimes daily. I go over to people's houses to buy their home. And they would show me a stack of cards like you know two inches thick, and they're like. Oh, yeah, you got a brochure, you got a little postcard, cool, just go put it with the rest of them. And I mean, like I said, I'm not saying that they work, but it's like, what can we do to create some innovation there? That, that can be hard. Where there's not a lot of competition, you don't need a lot of innovation. But when you do, it's hard to stand out. And so it lowers the impact of your message. You know, you may have something that is truly very unique, but it's just kind of getting lumped in with everybody else. So that's that can be a problem with direct mail. Um, one of the things I did to get around that was first I started sending out direct mail and it was stamped or metered mail. Then I started doing the every door direct with the U.S. Postal Service. And they would take my like approved piece and they would put it at, um, in every house like for that zip code. And it was just like for um, a piece that like I knew my target audience lived in. You know, certain neighborhoods have, you know, like your audience. So that worked for me. And then I started doing some... Um, uh, like flyers directly on doors of neighborhoods. Of course, I didn't do it. Well, I did it the first time and I learned my lesson and then I hired a company to do it. Um, and they did that for me for many, many years. And that worked really well because it helped identify people who lived in the area that I wanted to invest in, but they somehow weren't on a list. They kind of fell through the, the cracks. And so I, um, you know, so I was the only person working with them. So that, that helped out a lot. 
Some other cons about direct mail is that it has medium to low barriers to entry. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's companies, there's Wall Street hedge funds that are buying up blocks of houses. Are you going to be able to, are, are they going to be able to pay more than you? Yeah. Are they going to be able to reach their customer with more touch points and direct mail than you can afford to do? Yeah. So that's a problem. Okay. Um, and then it can be expensive. It can be very expensive. You know, obviously it's not if you just send out like five pieces, but what kind of results? Normally you have to send out a fair amount of it because of all the reasons that we just said. I mean, you're trying to hit a timing bubble. If you're giving somebody a benefits message, um, depending on what you're sending them, or what you're inviting them to, you know, they, they have to be ready to do something right now. You know, they're not going to save your yellow letter and put it under their bed and then call you in two years. Like that, it happens. It's just not very common. Um, you know, like what we're doing with books and book marketing, well, it's a little different. You know, like I don't compete with the, the junk mail. I'm on the coffee table. And so are all of my licensees across the country. So how did we do that? Well, we created some innovation. We created an educational piece. We're actually getting the book to our customers cheaper than it was to mail them a seven-touch yellow letter program. So like to me, it's a no-brainer, but you know, not everybody feels that way. So direct mail can get expensive. So And another thing is, <clears throat> we'll do two more, is that it has a long cash conversion cycle. Now, it depends on your business. So not necessarily. You know, if you're selling ShamWows, I don't even know if that commercial's still on, but I like it. I think that guy's really funny. Um, but if you're selling something to where, you know, like I'm talking real estate right now, okay? But if you're selling something and they literally just go from the direct piece of direct mail and they go on a website and order it, well, then the cash conversion cycle isn't that long. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, it's how long it takes for your cash or your money that you spend on the direct mail to convert into profit. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So if you spend $3,000 of direct mail, how long does it take from when you write that check to the fulfillment house for that money to come back? So you have to track where that marketing goes, how long it takes for people to call you, how long it takes for you to go out to their house, how many days does it take on average to get a, um, a contract, and then how many days does it take to monetize that contract? And normally, in the real estate space, it can take a while because people are you know, doing things in the real estate space, your customers, that they don't do very often. So they put some thought and intention into it unless they like are really motivated and have to do something right now. Okay. <clears throat> and they, there's people who do that. There's just not as many of them. And there definitely isn't as many of them right now because financial you know, stress is just lower. It's you know, a good economy. People have jobs. They're not foreclosing on their homes. Um, and a lot of places, you know, like listings are down. Um, and so realtors, I mean, there's like in some markets, a lot less listings. Some markets half the listings that there were at other parts of the real estate cycle and it's because the prices have gone up, like where I live in DFW, so expensive that <clears throat> before people had planned on staying on their home, it was their starter home, and then they were going to upgrade to the next level of house. Well, now the next level of house is twice as expensive, and they but their income hasn't doubled. So they can't financially go to the next place. So they're like, oh, we're just going to have to make this work, you know? And so it's great for like remodeling companies and Home Depot because people are investing more into their homes. But it's not as good for realtors because there's just less total transactions. So imagine if there's less transactions at the same time, there's like way more realtors. I mean, do you see how that's a problem? And that affects direct mail too. 
So, um, but direct mail is constantly changing. So I'm not going to say, you know, well, Max, you just said foundational. Well, foundational put the odds in your favor, but you still have to have those details, right? The number still has to go somewhere. Sometimes you have a backup call center. I mean, there are details that big time affect and different things do work at different times. So you have to have your finger on the on the pulse for all of those things. So if you're sitting just in the like marketing seat in your company, you can probably do that and you can track it and see if you're getting the results that you need based on your business. But if you're doing the marketing and you're doing the sales and you're going out to the houses and you're making sure that the houses are getting rehabbed on and on and on. Well, are you going to be able to do all that stuff? You know, that's the problem. So here's my mistakes that I made and then we'll put everything into action. So I was mailing too long to the same list. I was getting results with a list and I was like, oh, this is great. This is going to last forever. You know, I just didn't, I didn't understand. I was new. I didn't get it. Um, And so what would happen was, is that I also wasn't tracking as closely. So when you track, you can start to see what's happening. And when you get to like, you know, three weeks, three months, whatever it is for you, and you start seeing this trend and something that you're doing is not working, then it's time to maybe reevaluate and get something else. So I would mail to the same list and then it wasn't working. So guess what I did? Take a wild guess. You seem like a pretty smart audience today, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would mail to it more. Like that is the dumbest thing of all time. But that's an example of what I'm talking about. It's people who are like uh, detail rich versus foundational rich. What I should have done is say, okay, is there something like fundamentally going on here? Um, turns out it wasn't really just a problem with a lit my list. It was a problem with a lot of things that were just going on that were fundamental things that I was not addressing. If you don't address the fundamentals, mail, why would I mail more to something that isn't working? That makes no sense. Um, uh, and then I got another list and it was the same thing was happening. And because it wasn't the list, that's what I saw. That was the symptom, but that wasn't the root cause. Root cause analysis is really important. Not planning for the cash conversion cycle. So I started scaling up my direct mail and I was started out low like everybody else, 500 bucks. <clears throat> then I get a thousand, I got a deal. Then I go up to like 2,000, 3,000 and then five and then 10. And then I think I was up to like 12 or 13. Well, what happens is I wasn't tracking. By then I was tracking pretty close. But as, as the results get smaller, you know, you have less profit in your business. And so, you know, you, you have less profit in your business and you have more expenses. And um, what else was happening was is that the number of days it was taking to rehab these houses was getting longer because we were doing more complicated rehabs. And so when we're doing that, you know, all of a sudden everything's getting stretched out longer. And so I have to have more of those $12,000 every month on reserves because my flips are taking longer to sell. Does that make sense? So it's like, you know, there's seven or eight different drivers that affect your profit. And if they all start moving in the wrong direction, even just a little bit, and they go unnoticed, it can create big problems in your business. I have a whole book on that that I wrote called The Net Profit Workbook. And in there, I list what the key drivers are and what you have to watch for. Now, on the other side, if you understand these key drivers, by the way, these are foundational things that aren't going to change. Um, you can learn how to manipulate them a little bit for, uh, for you and a little bit for a lot of the drivers makes a huge difference. All right, let's get some other mistakes, not tracking when I got started. I mean, to me, if you're spending, 
$100 on marketing, you need to track those results. How do you do it? I use CallRail, um, and that was a good phone service, and I just had a different phone number for each different marketing channel. And then each um, <clears throat> week, I would run a report, and I still do for some of our channels, and uh, just see how it's performing, how many people are calling, things like that. Underestimating the total budget needed, I think that's with everything. Um, direct mail without omnipresence. This is huge. It's kind of an advanced strategy, but I just want to give you everything that I know and then let you decide what you want to use. Um, <clears throat> so the folks that I met that are having the most success in the real estate space, they, they had a direct mail presence, but they were also doing you know Facebook targeting. They'd upload lists and they would send targeted ads. They would uh, do text message correspondence to the same people. And they would even do it like in synchronization. So somebody would get the direct mail and then they would follow them around with a Facebook ad for like two weeks and then they would send them a text message and then they would repeat. So that omnipresence is huge. Now Facebook changed the algorithm to where uh, housing is now called like a special category ad and it restricts you from some of the targeting features that were available before because people were like doing it using discrimination. That's why being an educator in your market and teaching um, is amazing because like us, me and our licensees, we can still utilize all the targeting features in Facebook because we're promoting our book, not, um, you know, I'll buy your house for cash right now. Okay. It's the same overall intention at the end, but so we're able to um, get around that. And that's why education is so, so powerful um, throughout the whole process of your business. Okay. And then only having one offer, that was a huge mistake that I made. I did that for a long time. Um, you want to have a, a transitional offer. So there's your direct call to action, which is like, call us now to sell your house. Call us now to, um, to schedule an appointment for me to come out and look at it for a listing, right? But then you want a transitional, which is, you know, an education piece. For us, I mean, it's pretty simple. We just say, call our office for a free copy of our book. And that's how we get to know them better. But it can be a 15-minute strategy call, just depends on what your customer needs. So it's like, okay, if they don't need to sell their house right now, if they don't need to list or look for another house right now, what do they? What could they use right now? And that's why studying the customer buying cycle is so important. That's why I teach about it. And when I travel and speak, that's a big part of it. Um, what kind of research is somebody doing before they buy? And then how can you help provide that? And add that to your direct mail. When we start doing that, we saw huge results. We went from less than 1% response rate to 4%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're at half a percent, which is about what our response rate was, and then you go to 4%, what times half a percent is 4%? And that's times eight. So we increased the number of people who contacted us eight times. Eight times. I mean, I'm just saying that for emphasis. Like, uh, that's why I roll my eyes at all these magenta, lime green, magic phrases, people. They don't know what they're talking about. That will move the needle a little bit, but it ain't going to move it eight times. Wake up, right? What will? Engaging your customer in a totally different way and providing that customer service channel, providing something of value to them for people who aren't ready right now. And if you do that, now, is there a cost to that? Sure. Is it worth it? Yeah. That's how we got our first customer with a book actually was from direct mail. So people think like, oh, the book guy here, you know, he's a direct mail hater. No, it's amazing. It's an incredible addition. We sent out a postcard 
uh, was actually a flyer. So it was door-to-door flyer for this neighborhood that I love, Haltom City, Texas, if you're local. And the lady got the flyer and the old flyer was going to say, save your realty, you know, and these are the different ways, you know, that we can help you. These are the three ways to sell your house, call us and we can help you. But then we added the transitional call to action, which is we wrote the book on senior housing, home to home. Um, You can get it on Amazon or you can call our office and we'll send it to you. And so this lady called her office. A lot of people called her office. You know, because when people throw away that your direct mail, it's because they don't want it. They're, you gave them something they don't want. What kind of marketing is that? You want to give people stuff they want. So multi-purpose it. Jack up your rates. You're already paying to send that out. Add a little benefit statement at the bottom. And that's what we did. And it worked. We got results. We got a lot more phone calls. We sent out the books. And then we called that lady in a couple weeks. And it wasn't like, hey, by the way, when are you going to hurry up and sell your house? It was, hey, we sent you the book. What do you think? I mean, I called her directly and she was like surprised the author of the book called her. She was like, oh, wow, I can't believe you called. You know, it's like so cool. Like that, that's a big difference than people who call screaming at me saying, I have a no soliciting sign. And if you ever put a flyer on my door, I'm going to kill you. I'd get those calls at like, well, the call center would get them on like Friday night really late. I'm just like. This is not a very much fun part of my job. Like, I don't like this. Uh, Now I don't get those at all. I get people excited and like giggling. And so, but whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be a book, but whatever it is, add that extra deal there. You're going to get a lot more engagement. Create a video series and send a link for people to learn what their options are. Make it a curiosity piece and be like, you know, are are you wondering why you're getting all of these um, pieces of mail Peek behind the curtain, we'll show you what's really going on. And send people to a video series and tell them how you're for real. You know, whatever it is for you. But adding that is huge. That was the thing on that list that made the biggest difference. Okay. But the last thing that you do always will. That's why it just happened. So here's, it's action time. You ready? Plan your marketing. So we're going to start with a testing budget. Okay. So we're going to plan our list and our messaging. We're going to start with a testing budget. We're going to do direct mail before we need results because we got to test first. Okay. Uh, we didn't even get to that one, but I made that mistake. Okay. I made a million mistakes. I don't have time for that on a whole video. I'm only just sharing them to just hope you don't make them. I, I was trying to get all in on mail that I hadn't tested because I needed something to happen. I had people in my office. We had to have consistency in our deal flow. It's, it's hard to do guys. There's better ways to do it though. Trust me. Get results, and then you can scale it up. But you got to test and get results. Prove it. So you have to do it very proactively. So here's what I've got for you guys. I've got a comparison checklist, and it's got three gen- lead generation systems. It's got direct mail. It's got internet. Uh, it's got the system that we have, that we have created networks of people all over the nation that use. Um, and I try to put as objective as possible view on the three ways that I get leads. So I get leads for my companies from these three ways. These are the main three ways. Um, Read it over, five minutes, and then pick the one that's right for you. Pick what percentage you wanna invest in each one or add one that you like. Run it through the questions, but really look at stuff, the pros and the cons. If you do that, you're gonna get a lot more success from your direct mail. It's gonna be a lot more effective. It's gonna serve you better. It's gonna serve your customers better. Just everybody's going to win. We're always looking for win-win. So I hope you got some value. Uh, If you like the video, just give it a thumbs up, subscribe, click down below and you'll get, um, click the link and let us know where you want to send the tool to. And I'll send you the comparison checklist and 
I'll give you access to all of the tools in our um, whole database. It's all the systems that I use in my business. Uh, instead of selling them for 197 or 297 if you act now, I just don't have time for that. So I just put them in PDF and Excel in our Dropbox. You get access to it. I hope that you use it and uh, get some results. I'd love for you to report those results down below. And next time, uh, uh, until then, be well, be blessed, and I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.